Words to get golly hard when they jumble Jumping over hurdles, slowing birds like a turtle Merc and fool, like Squirtle and Kate Gould Cold-blooded with this rhyme scheme, I'm a boss This is That Got Me Thinking, and I'm Ellie Newman This week, I've been thinking about clothes, fashion, and making an impression I've been thinking about feeling comfortable in our own skin and our attire I've been thinking about clothes that fit in all senses of the word and putting ourselves out in the world in a way that we feel good, authentic, and powerful. My guest today is Elizabeth Bean Smith. Elizabeth is the brains behind the incredibly successful business Wardrobe Therapy. Executive coach Reagan Walsh says of Elizabeth, I literally do not know what I would do without her team. They make me feel my most confident and also make getting dressed each morning a breeze, the best thing I've ever invested in. Welcome, Elizabeth and thank you so much for joining us today on That Got Me Thinking. Oh, thank you, Ellie. I love that introduction and so thankful that we have a, a client who feels so appreciative of clothing the way we do. Well, and it's funny because she's how I found you. I, I noticed on her website, I was like, hey, she looks good in all those pictures, like relaxed, <laughs> polished, not too polished, um, and just so comfortable in her skin and her clothes. And uh, so I, I had asked her, I think, about one sweater. I'm like, where did you get that? That is so good. Um, and she, she told me all about you. So I'm, I'm so grateful and, and so excited to jump in, in the conversation. I was doing a little research, and um, Shakespeare had said, a pair Carol oft proclaims the man, and Mark Twain said, clothes make a man. Naked people have little or no influence on society. And I think today, a lot of times we hear the suit doesn't make the man or the clothes don't make the man. It's always in relationship to men, so we'll talk about that as well. But do you think, are our clothes a projection of our, ourselves? Does, does the suit um, or the dress make the man or the woman? Absolutely. I think in today's world, uh, more than ever, are we being noticed by what we're wearing, right? So yeah, we it gives so many emotions to people. If we're wearing denim and um, a sloppy T-shirt and a uh, great sneaker but nothing too fancy, it makes people think, oh, they're so casual or uh, maybe they're not polished and ready for that meeting. But if we saw um, a gal walk in and just kind of have it all together, not necessarily in a three-piece suit per way, but in a way that, you know, the blouse just looks great with the pants and she had the right shoe and the right accessory, we take notice and we really think, huh, how, you know, how did she do that easily or, or why do I, what do I love about her look? Um, it makes us notice the person most importantly, but then really respect the person to want to hear what they have to say, you know? Yeah, and you're making me think it's gotten tricky because in the 50s or the 60s, there was an outfit that projected a certain status and a certain image. For men, you wore a suit, you know, earlier on you wore a bowler, you had certain type of shoes. For women, you know, you had a certain dress or or skirt and matching sweater set and you had the pearls. And I remember hearing um, or reading a, a an interview with an African-American man that was talking about in the, the 60s, and especially during the time when they were protesting, you know, they would always make sure and dress their Sunday best. Um, and, and even just on a daily basis, because that made you safer in the world. And I'm thinking it's gotten trickier. We just had Allen and Company here in Sun Valley. And it was sort of the opposite. You're like, oh, you know, maybe that is someone super famous because they're wearing a great pair of sneakers, an expensive pair of jeans and a certain type of t-shirt. Right. Absolutely. And it is. It's really, you know, we quickly size up and not even mean to do it. 
by noticing, I mean, it can become a whole different discussion on brands and, you know, what they portray. But, you know, we, we, we often think that to say, wow, look at that sneaker. Look how great that looks with that outfit. And um, I wonder what he or she does for their profession or, or, you know, for their livelihood, what, what they're doing. You want to get to know that person based often on what you're relating to and what they're wearing. Um, we love the, the quote from Coco Chanel, a woman is closest to being naked when she is well-dressed. And isn't that so, I mean, I feel like in our skin, if we feel confident and in Reagan's case, and it was so kind of her to mention that testimonial, you know, if they feel confident and they feel really great in what they're wearing, it makes doing what they really need to do them capable of doing that. They are not fussing with anything in their wardrobe. They feel confident to give that presentation or um, work with that client. If they're feeling really great in what they're wearing, it's so important in today's society. You said uh, when you look good, you feel good. It's really that simple. What do you see as the relationship yeah. of of looking good and feeling good? You know, wh- wh- why is it that you're more prepared to give that presentation or you're more confident in giving that presentation? Well, I mean... Really, when you look good, when you and looking good, meaning we really think of fit to making sure that things fit our silhouettes and what we are putting on. Um, if an item fits just right, and um, you know we feel confident in that fit and and how it's presenting itself, it makes it us not think about our clothing anymore, right? I mean, it you know that that pencil skirt that's a little fussy or that pair of shoes that don't feel quite right makes us you know. Um, ponder more, like, is this right? Is this the way I should be wearing it? Will this person take me seriously? Do I love this? But if it just fits, and when we put it on, we feel like a million dollars, and, um, you know, it helps us to build that confidence, then we shine on the outside much easier. You know, it's a, a way that we really can do our job of what we're doing, and that can be across any board. It doesn't mean... Um, in an office environment where everything has to be, you know, business professional. It can be as a mom, you know. Our, we have so many um, stay-at-home moms that we work with that will say, I want to take it up a notch for my yoga pants. I want to feel good again. I want to feel like I do care about what I look like. And it's just that often, you know, putting on a better fitting t-shirt that doesn't feel quite so sloppy and putting it on with a pair of denim that really fits. And then accessorizing and making her feel special again, but feeling practical, like she can still be, you know, a great mama. Um, It's so relevant in any, you know, it can go across the board for anyone. When you look good, you do feel good. So let's talk about fit a little bit. I remember a friend of mine who had been uh, a stylist for um, photo shoots, and she was saying, you can always tell the expensive clothes because of the fit. And I remember my daughter and I were ooing and aahing over the clothes in suits. And I read that the lead attorney, you know, the actress, literally they sewed her clothes onto her. Um, so they, they were a perfect <laughs> fit. Um, so for right. like the average person we we can't afford the couture um how do we get clothes that fit properly like how how do we navigate that world absolutely i mean really understanding i think when we're getting our measurements everyone should have their measurements taken whether you go into a seamstress that you work with or a tailor um if you're a gentleman you know to know your measurements and really know what is my bust or my chest size what is my waist 
measurement. That is so helpful, whether, you know, when you're buying denim, if you know your waist, you know, to really try on. So you have a starting point to know, okay, I'm a 28-inch waist. This is what I need to try on. And then going a little bit, you know, a size up or a size down can be helpful in that in that regard. But if, with fit, we're really focusing on those measurements and making sure that when we're trying things on, we're being honest with ourselves. You know, in today's society, oftentimes we think we get in that, oh, I saw my friend wearing it. So I'm going to put it on too. But we're forgetting, you know, we might have a different bust size. We might have a different waist size. We may be taller. We may be shorter. You know, the list goes back and forth and on and on. And really being aware of who am I, looking at myself in the mirror, what is my shape, and being okay with it. You know, there's five shapes we all know to work with, whether it be a triangle or a rectangle or an apple Um, or an hourglass, you know, the perfect hourglass shape, you know, we know if we're honest with ourselves and can figure out what our own shape is, it's so helpful then in finding the right fit for our silhouette. Um, And it's so important, I think, that honest approach of not hearing all the noise around us and what our friends are doing and what our colleagues are doing and what you know, my daughter would tell me to do, you know, making sure I'm doing what's right for me and for my shape um, and going from there. And as we go on to, I want to talk about different styles, because I notice on your website that you and your your partners, you, you each have a very distinct and different style from one another. Um, and so I want to talk Absolutely. about, but we'll go to that a little bit later, like how important it is to, to develop a style and then stay true to it. Um, but first off, I want to ask you, what are the skills needed to be a good stylist? Like, what do you feel like are, are the skills that you and your team have that, you know, other people might not have or that other people need to develop? Because you talk about knowing your size and knowing your shape, but then once you know that, how do you know what's the best thing to put on? It. And I'm guessing that's one of the skills that you possess is you can say, oh, the hourglass shape or this type of height or this type of, um, you know, the rectangle figure, like this looks better than that. Absolutely. So, you know, really a stylist, what the, the role, you know, when we're looking at hiring and, and gaining information for styling um, a stylist to fit the role in our firm we really, the, the background in fashion is absolutely key um, for, for us just because so much of the uh, bachelor's degree in fashion is going over body shape over and over, whether you've done it through cut and sew and you've done it through design of draping um, a, a garment form over and over and working through and understanding balance and, and how the... the um, garment can lay and fabrications and draping, you know, everything that maybe like a normal person wouldn't think of, like, you know, why, why do I need to know if a silk blouse will drape over me, you know, appropriately. But for us, we feel like that's important. It's not everything. You don't have to have a fashion um, design background, but it, it is super helpful because it really helps us to keep in mind, you know, a woman and a man's body are very different and can be very different um, from different ages, from shapes, and can take on, even if you are an apple shape. Um, an apple shape can mean a woman is either busty in the front or could mean she is, you know, has a little bit more through her midsection. So it can be two very extreme shapes, really all classified into one. So understanding 
what works well with each um, shape by, you know, viewing. That's why we believe it's so important. We have to be with the client, you know, to gain that measurement, get that information. It's not something you can do online. I mean, yes, it can happen. It can be done. But we really have the success when we're with that client because then you can look and touch and feel and really understand what they're looking for and what that relativity is. It makes the job go much more smoothly um, and makes the client feel much more comfortable to, to really recognize that that stylist is hearing what he or she has to say and, and what their comfort level is. So um, definitely the background. But I think the listening for us, our team is uh, anybody I think that has worked with our team would say each of our stylists is incredibly intuitive and very a very good listener at, and understanding the relativity behind it. You know, what one client might say, might say I, you know, um, I don't have a budget. You can spend any amount. You know, then we would have someone who might say, I have a budget of $1,000, which is a lot, and I, you can buy anything. And the relativity, really making sure we understand, okay, no, actually we can't. We want to make sure we stay in this price point for you, and we're shopping at these four mall-based stores. Um, helping them to understand what works best for them. But, um, you know, being able to listen and communicate effectively so that we make sure we are hearing what we think we're hearing from the client and we're able to communicate back to, to them if that can or can't work with their, their lifestyle or their budget. Um, it's, so, it's so important being able to speak up and have that um, ability to share with them, yes, that can work or no, that can't work. Um, and then also, I think our our team, you know, we are we really are focused on the everyday woman and man. So, hoping that a bit of our information, you know, will continue to trickle into every part of their lives. So, in that vein, I'm thinking about who are your clients because I know you work with men and women, and it can be on a, a short term basis for just something like you've got a new job, you've got a new role, you, you've got a present one presentation to make where you might go in and just do a quick makeover. What are the different ways that you work with clients, both men and women? Working with our client, we really work on. Um, completing a foundational wardrobe. So we start from the bottom, making sure that each item fits correctly. You know, starting in the wardrobe is important um, just to have an understanding of how things fit and purpose. Are they, you know, outdated? What are they being worn for? Is this a working item? Is this a, um, a play item? You know, how, how is it being pulled into your everyday life? Um, so that relativity is very important to us. But then doing the shopping for the client and the shopping can be everything from their everyday wear to special event shopping, uh, travel shopping, you know, if they're getting ready for a big trip and need a few key items so they don't have to pack their whole wardrobe, you know, what are those items so they can make sure they feel, look and feel their best. Um, we do a lot of travel packing for people, just kind of extending off of that for a moment. Um, we get itineraries very often, and then we put the suitcase together. So, you know, that headache of trying everything on the night before and then overpacking and really having nothing in our, our bag but everything in our bag kind of feel. We make sure that each outfit is purposeful and able to be utilized several different ways for that trip so they don't feel like they're packing everything. Um but we also do a lot of what we call outfitting, you know, showing them really how to maximize their wardrobe and mix and match their pieces 
so that they feel like they do actually have a closet full of clothing and they know how to wear them. They can the proof is in the picture. They can see that that picture and say, "Yep, I feel like that today," and I'm going to put it on and I know I'm going to rock it and feel and feel a hundred percent. So let's talk about that suitcase dilemma, because I think it also translates to the closet. You know, you pack everything and then you get there and you're, oh, like the first night, oh, I have nothing to wear. And I I think people feel that about their closets. They might have a lot of quantity and they might even have a lot of quality in there. I have a girlfriend that owns a clothing store and I couldn't believe she said, oh, yeah, I still feel like so often I have nothing to wear. And my daughter and I just looking at each other, you you know, you just walk down to your store and grab something. But so that's a real (laughs) thing. What is that, that we have a closet full of clothes and yet we don't feel like we have anything to wear? And how do we solve for that? Well, too often we find that with clients, we buy by a case-by-case basis. We're human. You know, we have a big event. We go run out. We pick out that dress, but we never think again, how am I going to wear that later? We just think that that's the bill for the evening. I'll wear it and then move about, you know, our day. Um, the foundational pieces are often what we forget about. You know, we forget about the the kind of what we call a workhorse type of uh, clothing that we can mix and match in a, a great way. And that is often why people have a closet full of clothing but nothing to wear because they bought it for a specific event. And so they have a lot of prints and they have a lot of um, maybe even outlandish items because they really wouldn't buy that in a frantic state, but they bought it. It worked. It was on sale. We hear that a lot. Oh, I bought it on sale. You know, if we just took a moment and paused and really thought of how will I wear this again? Do I like this enough to wear it on a Friday night out with, you know, my spouse, my partner, my friends, whatever, you know, the situation may be. Um, I think it would, it, I know for me, I, I do the same thing, you know, oftentimes I'll quickly buy something on a whim because it was a great sale and I think I'll figure out how to wear it later. Um, or I buy for that specific event, but not really thinking, do I really love that piece or am I just buying it? Cause it, you know, I'm in the final hour and I'm buying it five o'clock and I need to walk out the door at seven. So, um, oftentimes that is what creates this capsule of a huge wardrobe of, Everything in the closet, but nothing really works together because we're buying it at all different frantic states of mind. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because I'm thinking about the Friday night and thinking, okay, I don't have anything to wear. And, and maybe you bought like one thing, but it doesn't go with anything else. How do – we talk a lot about on the show, like how to how change. Like that change isn't easy. And I think this is such a good representation of that as far as, okay, maybe you think, okay, I want to get different clothes. I want to be more put together. I want to be able to have something I know that looks great to go out here or to go – to a dinner party. Um, I was just joking with a friend. We have another girlfriend, and and she always has the perfect outfit for each event. You're like, oh, that is the perfect I'm going to a friend's birthday dinner um, party or I'm going to this type of school function. And, um, you know, it's always spot on. And if you don't have that kind of sensibility or you don't have that kind of eye or or that knowledge of this is what would be that appropriate outfit until you see it, like we all recognize it when we see her. We're like, yeah, that would have been the, you know, the spot on thing to wear. (laughs) But so how do we, one, gain that skill and ability? And then how do we change the way that we shop and dress? 
I think the beginning really was um, when you're thinking of your wardrobe, think of it as a uniform. Like, what's your uniform? What is your go-to pieces that make you feel great? You know, for me specifically, I'll give you an example. You know, if I think of what makes me feel amazing, it's usually a little fitted jacket over maybe an oversized dress with an ankle booty, or it might be my structured jacket with a T-shirt and jeans. Um, you know, so I, I try to think of that uniform piece that makes me feel really kind of finished, um, and working backwards. So your friends that you're talking about that seems to have it kind of pulled together for each one. If you think about her, her, um, outfit, she's probably tuned into her style. And she's aware of what works well on her. So if you think about it, it might be that she's always wearing a great skinny denim with a beautiful blouse and um, the right shoe. Or she might have that great dress. But it all goes back to she's created a uniform for herself that she knows this works. And it might be a variation of a dress or a variation of a, a blouse to go with it. But it's that same um, she knows her style and what works well for her shape. You know, and that's what's drawing your attention to her. And and so how do you discover that? Because I'm thinking of, like, what not to wear. They seemed really mean, Um, especially the gal. Like, oh, you know, throwing that out, ugly Christmas sweater. Even though some people, you could say they just loved their thing that lit up, right? And they're like, no, no. Like, they had all of these rules that they then applied to each person, regardless, it seemed, of that person's real personality, where some of the other shows, they maybe, I think Queer Eye does a great job, they take that into account, like Tan's like, okay, this is who you are, let's, the whole show, I think, is about finding out who you are, and then let's express it in the most positive way possible, but what not to wear, it seemed like more about rules, so how does someone balance the two, kind of learn the rules, like you said earlier, that, about how things drape, and what goes with what, and balance, and yet, before they apply that, really be able to understand and create and discover their unique, um, authentic dressing personality? Well, we always start by asking the question, is there someone, um, whether it be, um, you know, someone in history or someone on the news or um, a fashion designer, you know, is there something in that is inspiring to you that you look at and you notice in a, in a way to understand style. You know, oftentimes people will say, yes, I'm very boring. I'm classic. I like that kind of look. Great. We love that. You know, classic is an incredible design element. So let's play on those classic pieces that work for your shape, whether it be a classic blazer, getting a really great flat front fitted pants and showing them that the foundational pieces, so a great pant, a great little sheath dress, a good blazer, a nice crisp woven, a button down, you know, a button down blouse, um, a good t-shirt so that they understand what are those pieces in that category. Or if someone says, listen, I am, you know, like everything to be a little bit more bohemian and I like the flowing fabrications and I like silks and, you know, um, helping to understand, okay, what does that mean then? What is, a, if you're more boho in your, your style, how can you dress for that, that piece, that component? Um, and so we're always asking who, what is inspiring to you? What design tastes do inspire you? Some people don't know. And then we have to help, you know, some people will say, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm, you know, just trying to get 
out the door in the morning and, you know, I have little people and I've had no time to focus on any kind of design element. But looking around on things that are inspiring to them, is it practicality? Um, is it comfort? You know, because that really is a style too. You know, people don't think of that, but we have a lot of um, women especially that will say, I won't wear anything that is not comfortable. I itch if I wear wool. If the knit is too tight, I'm not going to put it on. So it, it really isn't all always about that piece, that that element. So understanding what what is their pulse points as to what is important to them and then helping to hone in and really create that style. But, you know, I think as an individual, if um, you're looking and you're listening to us and thinking, I have no idea what my style is, is to go, you know, challenge yourself to look at women on the news, um, to look at people on episodes of your favorite show, to look at Instagram and social media to give you an idea, okay, what are some things that really make me feel like, wow, I love that piece. I, I had no idea that I really wanted a black blazer so much, but I really, you know, it, it's making me feel like I need to add that to my wardrobe. What component is that for you? So is it because you're classic and you like that polished look and you don't want it to be too trendy and you want it to be just something that can live in your wardrobe for many years to come? Or are you someone who says, I love seeing the latest greatest you know trend out there and the prints and I'm inspired by that whether it be an interior design and looking at all the florals um, on couches and wallpapering and that type of thing is that something that kind of follows you into then your personal life and what you're wearing as well it's so important to really hone in and I don't think we take the time I don't think we ever take the time to really think of what does inspire us I think that's just so important, and I think it's so important for every aspect of our life, for our personal success, our career success, our mental health, to have a strong sense of authentic identity and to have it be supported and expressed by what we wear. And I think we don't think about fashion in those terms. And so often we sort of, you know, for men and women, um, oh, you know, what a waste of time or, oh, that's not something that's important. Um, and and we don't realize that self-expression and a creative self-expression and one that's true to ourselves is probably the most ex- important element of our daily lives for a sense oh of, of internal Absolutely. strength and our ability to connect with others. And as you were talking, I was just thinking about the person who, and I think I've, I've often been that person who's just sort of lost as far as my... Um, the identity that I'm presenting. And I'm lucky because I think I do know when I'm wearing something that I feel extremely comfortable in um, and know, oh, yeah, this feels like me and how good that feels. But that when I'm not feeling that security, I go grasping for straws. Oh, I see someone, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try that. Or, oh, that maybe I should buy more of those. And it never works. And and so I think there's like the two ends of the spectrum. There's that person. And then there's the other end. I saw this gal walking down the street the other day. And, man, she looked confident. She was like kind of this biker look. She's super tight jeans, fit her really well. And I, and I started thinking, okay, what does she wear to a wedding? Or what does she wear? Because I knew we were going to do this show. Like, what does she wear to the beach? Um, right. so, so also there's that other challenge of how do you then translate if you do have a super strong look? I know yours is kind of boho, and that does translate very well to a lot of different <laughs> events and, and circumstances. Right. Um, but how do you work with clients with that? Like, if they do have a super strong look, how, because it seems like something they need to think about, well, you know, am I going to just wear, you know, if I'm goth, am I going to wear goth everywhere? And, and do I alter it at right. all? Or is, is this really what I wear? 
Right, absolutely. For our our ladies, especially that have a very strong, you know, look, and they, you know, want to wear it from yeah, every day, like to the the market, to you know, out to the movies. Definitely accessorizing. So the shoe component is so important. If they want to make it more casual. Um, you know, making sure that they have the right balance to the shoe. And if they're wanting to dress it up, making sure, again, on the other spectrum, they have the great shoe to go with it. Um, It's usually a very easy way for people to say, I love this. I want to live in this outfit from day to night. It's all about the accessories, putting on a more of a simple gold hoop earring for day. And then at night, doing a delicate layered necklaces and throwing on a pump, whatever that might be helping them to understand, okay, this is your uniform. This is what creates you. This is Ellie, and this is Ellie during the day, and this is Ellie at night. And now they know, or you know, exactly, like, this is me. I feel great whether I'm putting it on with a skirt and a T-shirt and a blazer or if I'm putting it on with uh, where-to-work pants, a flat front pant and um, a pump and a blouse. This is my look, and I feel good every time I put it on. And the designers, a number of designers do that, right? They have their uniform that they wear every day. And and at first you might think that that seems, you know, contrary, but does it make sense to you that they're doing that? It does. I mean, when this whole um, capsule wardrobe came out in the last, like, five years, I feel like we get a lot of requests for that to help create 10 to 15 items that can be worn on repeat, that can mix the match with everything, and that's all they want in their wardrobe. Right, they want to kind of eliminate the fat and um, feel really confident that whatever they put on will work. Uh, I do. I think it works for a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people though that do think of creative expression and love that though too, and like to feel like they can put have a variety of things in their wardrobe, and that each piece is unique to their experience in life. I mean, uh, any of our our team would tell you. When we're in the wardrobe, often when um, a woman is trying on an outfit, she'll say, I remember I got this for my son's bar mitzvah, and I wore this, and I received a million compliments, and uh, it was just the greatest night of my life. You know, um, every piece of clothing oftentimes has a story behind it, and that's how we buy and wear our pieces. There's so much emotion, and it, it is a beautiful uh, really collage through the years. I mean, if I would have been smart 14 years ago, I would have kept different pieces. I had each client keep, you know, those several pieces to create that storyboard because really, I mean, our styles change, yes, over time because pieces change and designers know they have to do that to keep fashion fresh. I mean, but we really don't change. We, we, we keep getting better, you know, that they say a wine ages better and better over time. And I think the same with watching our clients evolve and who they really become because they, our clients know how to dress. They know what they're putting on. I mean, they feel confident and they're understanding it and they they get better and better at, you know, showing and, and mixing and matching and really feeling confident. And it, it, it just, the style then and their confidence shows. And it, even for our most conservative client who would tell you, I, I don't love doing this, but I love the results every time because they're taking a moment to think about them, not their colleagues, not their children, not their spouse, but, you know, really for yourself. And really, if we start thinking of ourselves independently first and making sure we do it correctly, it, the results are, are amazing.
So let's talk a little bit on that about fashion, being fashionable and adopting trends because um, they do change pretty quickly. And right. how do you teach your clients to respond to that? You know, should you toss out all your um, low-rise pants and, and grab, you know, all high-rise because that's now the trend? Do you buy a pair of jeans that's high-rise and, um, you know, 15-inch wide bottom because that's the trend? <laughs> right. Actually, we always each season, so, you know, not to plug wardrobe therapy, but we have an amazing newsletter, and each season we do do the 10 trends for the season. Um, I think it's important to hone in. Are there more than 10 trends? Yes, there's hundreds of trends that happen, you know, on the, the runways each season for um, fashion, but you really pick the 10 that are relevant for you. And we try to help do that uh, with people, again, based on demographic and um, lifestyles. And, um, you know, I think if you know the 10 trends that you're watching and understand these are trends, trends can either be adapted, you know, the skinny denim six, seven years ago, everyone thought that was a trend. And it was a trend for the time. But over time, the skinny denim has become a relevant portion in our wardrobe. It's no longer a trend. It is a shape of denim, you know, that many people can wear and relate to. Um, so it moved from a trend into, you know, kind of a, a part of our wardrobe we all need. Um, so really identifying now, we always say like a print. Prints often, you know, are quick to... Um, date themselves, right? So while a reptile or a snake print, that is something, again, that's classic. You know, that's a print that will be in your wardrobe if you like an animal print or that type of um, zebra, whatever. That Those usually stay within our wardrobe. They're pieces that you can hold on to. But if you see a Hawaiian print, you know, that might be hot for the season for spring. That is, oh, so spring 2017. Um, you know, uh, recognizing if it's so outlandish and so bright and fun and crazy, oftentimes it will date itself very quickly. Kind of the same with a flare denim, you know. Um, if it's so extreme, recognizing that's pretty extreme. We haven't had really a flare denim in quite some time. That that probably will be more of a trend. That mm -hmm. will be a trend for fall, and that would be a fun piece maybe to not invest a lot in. But you, it might work well for your shape, and go ahead and buy it. But no, it may not live forever in your wardrobe, you know. Um, and so really recognizing those pieces that feel a little bit more like, woo, that's that made me um, a little bit maybe uncomfortable even. And then you recognize that could be more of a trend. And so what are the smallest changes that you think people can make to make the biggest difference for both men and women? You know, when they're looking at their wardrobe um, and they, they want to change things up, where, where to start? Like where is the place that, okay, this is the place to begin because it'll make the biggest impact? Well, there's two places. If you're doing it on a, on a very minimal budget, we always say start with accessories. You know, um, really looking at your shoe components. Shoes can make and break an outfit. So making sure that if that is where you can put your budget, start there. If you know your everything else looks pretty good, um, that you're a classic silhouette and or a classic um, um, on your on your style, then you can recognize okay the place that I need to really give it a little oomph would be in my accessories. Um, but if you're someone that is willing to look at it as, 
okay, baby steps in. You know, I always say, how do we, how do you like eat an elephant, like piece by piece? I mean, it takes a little bit of time for that person who's willing to invest a little bit of time, knowing they're not going to have a perfect wardrobe overnight. Again, we go back to the fit and finding, getting back to the 10 basic pieces that you should have, making sure you have a great pair of dark denim, you know, making sure you have a great blazer. Again, that can fit across any style. That can be a boho gal. That can be a conservative gal. That can be more of a chic gal. You know, we can, making sure that blazer is right for your lifestyle, making sure you have the great little black dress, um, making sure you have a great blouse, making sure you have a great t-shirt, um, that can be dressed up, that can be dressed down, um, making sure you have a classic pump that is not dated. You know, again, we have a lot of people who have great pumps in their wardrobe, but they might have a platform still or, um, you know, maybe the toes a little bit more rounded. You know, we really need to be aware of what works um, that's more of a classic shape so it can live longer in our wardrobe, um, making sure they have a great belt uh, that can go at the natural waist. And if you're thinking of your natural waist, you know, that's like maybe an inch above your your belly button, um, but that can also go through your belt loop for your denim. Um, I think I'm at like eight right there. Um, making sure they have a great trench coat or a jacket that can pull it all together. And then obviously a really great handbag that just um, can, you know, go from day to night. When you have those basic pieces and you're willing to invest, then you can layer in the fun. You can layer in the trends. You can layer in with different blouses or a little bit of color or, you know, um, some great accessories. That that makes it fun, and that really builds who you become, you know, and how people see you in your wardrobe. But if you want to do it super quick, we always say accessories can definitely be a Band-Aid. You know, it can help fit the bill and really make you feel better very quickly just by updating your shoes and your handbags and your jewelry. But if you're willing to invest, do it a little bit at a time by making sure those pieces really work and fit your shape and your lifestyle. And and who have been um, the most difficult people to dress? And, and so what do you think are the, the consistent challenges that people have that you see again and again where you're like, okay, this, this is where it's hard for them to make that leap to, to change things up. Yeah, I think, I mean, I really think that, um, that the people that we find the most difficult are the people who don't, um, think of fashion, think of fashion as more of an element of that person who says, I just need to get dressed in the morning. I don't, I'm not doing, I don't want to create any other emotion other than I need to put clothing on to be dressed. I'm not allowed to go to work naked, you know, type of thing. Um, That is a difficult perspective because clothing is more. Not that we need you to jump up and down and say, hooray, you know, like I look amazing. Thank you. I mean, it's not about that. But when you, you can tell, we can tell with a client when they slowly smile, when they put on a blouse and say, wow, oh my gosh, this feels so great. Or um, if they put on a great jacket and they say, oh my gosh, this fits. I feel oh, it fits over my bust. I haven't worn a jacket in years because I haven't found one to fit over my bust. Um, the, the people that feel it and really understand even if they, fashion is not at all in their wheelhouse, you know, but understand that when they put a piece on, it resonates with an energy to them. Um, those people are, are what kind of build and, and allow us to understand how we can keep helping them. The person who puts it on, it's like, fine, I mean, it's great, whatever, let's move forward. Those, that can be difficult because we don't know, are we, you know, is that something that they're, 
they're resonating with? Is it a piece that they really do love? Um, is it feel good to them um, to help build upon their style? You know, that can be the challenge, getting someone to really recognize that the piece does give some kind of um, emotion to them. It's the flip side of the Marie Kondo method, right? Like you use that to what to get rid yeah. of, and you use that to right. what you're going to bring back in. Right. Okay, so let's Absolutely. say you've got the client who, who gets it, right? They get it. They're excited about it. I want to go back to something we talked about a little earlier. Being able to change can be very difficult. And I think you'll notice with friends and, and oftentimes just with yourself, probably not you, but the rest of us, when you go shopping, you go out there and you're like, okay, I am changing. You know, I, I realize I want these different things. And you come back home and you're like, oh, like, I bought another T-shirt. I, I was trying to stop buying T-shirts. I, I bought another T-shirt. Um, how do you make that leap, that transition, into really buying different types of things? I think, you know, if you don't have a stylist in your life, I think everyone needs to have a really strong girlfriend. You know, the girlfriend that will tell them, no, I don't like that on you. That that actually is pulling in your back or that doesn't look great. To go shopping with. Um, or a daughter, you know, daughters are great, nieces are great, you know, someone who will be very honest with you to say, that really works well on you, or, you know, I don't really love that. I mean, that I, I say that loosely because I know that can be a, a curse and a blessing. You know, sometimes a friend will tell you everything looks great on you, and, and they, in reality it does not. But when you have that honest person to kind of bounce an, an outfit off of, it's so helpful to help you make the adjustment. Um, we often say to people when we're, especially when we're doing a presentation to a larger group or a corporate team, of uh, resonating, what when, what was your best outfit? What felt really good on? Um, because oftentimes the best outfit is not something that we always feel 100%. We don't think that we feel 100% in, but somebody might say, oh, my gosh, I love that on you. And really? Oh, thanks. You know, uh, I didn't know, you know, oftentimes we hear that and it, the, the best outfits come when you do push yourself just a little bit. And so many people, we quickly say, oh, this whole thing, I, I don't know. But if you really think about when you're being complimented and what you're wearing, that helps you to go out and kind of push yourself when you're shopping on your own to say, you know what? I got complimented a million times when I wore red. I don't know why I don't wear red more often. Maybe I should try this little peak of red that's on this blouse. Or, you know, maybe I should try adding it, you know, in an accessory or something. Um, so recognizing if we're kind of in a rut or we're struggling at really pushing and trying new things, thinking back to your best fashion moments. And it can even be well, on your wedding day. We hear that a lot. You know, I, I felt great on my wedding day. Well, what, what did your dress look like? What did you wear? What, what was the style? You know, that helps us to understand, okay, she loved the lace and she, it was really fitted. And so, okay, we can, we can talk about that and that can help examine, okay, we need to go more with this beautiful, you know, Victorian kind of feel rather than we're putting her on more of a modern look and that is not really who she is. So really understanding, again, it goes back to just making sure when you're out there and you're shopping that you're thinking of what inspires you, um, but then also what what do you, what are you comfortable wearing? So if it is a t-shirt that you're comfortable to keep buying and I feel, I laugh because I think anybody would tell you, I love a great knit. I, I, feel, I feel much more confident in a great knit than I do in a, um, 
a silky blouse, you know. Um, so I do buy that on repeat, but I feel great wearing it. It's such an interesting and subtle point that you make, and I think it's important for everyone to be aware of when you get the compliment. Um, is the person saying, you look great in that, wow, you look great today, um, that looks amazing on you, versus, oh, I like that top, or those are great pants, you know, and, and because I'm thinking about the challenge right. of taking someone shopping with you, and that where we're trying to get where you are, uh, a comfortable, confident expression of yourself, feeling your best and looking your best. And that is great for everyone, no matter what that ends up being. And I'm thinking, you know, if you take your daughter, or you take a friend, they might have a vision of you and how they see you and the type of person that they want you to be or see you as. And so they might try to put a certain type of look on you. And right. you're trying to find out really what you're most comfortable in and what feels like the most authentic expression of yourself while also trying to maybe bust out of some limited concept you had. So I think that's where the, the waters can get a, a, a little tricky. And it's clo it's really important to pay close attention to the subtleties of those interactions and how, how you're feeling in, in different things, which is also a skill, Absolutely. right? Like you're saying, people right. aren't paying attention, taking the time to pay attention to that. Right. I think, and that's why I said it can be a blessing and a curse, you know, to have that friend along because it, you know, it could be, it could lead you down a wonderful path. It can also, it, you know, it can if that person sees you in a different way than what you're hoping to portray. Um, but ultimately, oftentimes, to get out of that rut, it is good because we hear that often. Someone might say, I never would have picked that up. I never would have picked, I, you know, I would go to my comfort. I would go to my trusty dusty. I'd make sure I was right in that lane and I would never veer out of my lane. Um, and we hear that often. It's like, well, but remember we talked about maybe a high-waisted pant was what we needed to kind of camouflage and help elongate the legs or whatever it might be. And you know, once they see it, then they say, I get it. I understand why the piece got picked out, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought I should be able to wear that. So often we don't give ourselves enough credit to try, um, you know, try and, and veer off and do something just a little different. And how important is it to have your clients sit with the change for a little while? Uh, you know, when we're making changes, we've, we've got to adjust. And so the same with clothing. You know, if you're wearing something you've never worn before and something that's really out of the box for you, do you have clients keep it for a day or two um, and get used to, to themselves in that new look? Yeah, we, I mean, if someone is feeling, we always say, actually, we, we do the opposite. If you don't feel great in it, we're not going to be there in the morning to say, Ellie, it's time to put that on, you know. Um, so if it doesn't feel great when you put it on, then we, we often recommend let's not keep it. We have others because generally as they keep trying on, they're like, oh, I love this. But, um, if something makes you pause for a little bit, you're pausing for a purpose. There's something that's telling you, I don't quite feel like me or I don't quite feel comfortable um, when I put this on. So what, rather than think like another day or two might help get that person there, we actually take it and we say no. You know, it has to give you that satisfaction um, to the right thing's going to feel right right away. You got e it. Even it if should. it's a shift or it change. Really should. If you're mixing, yep, if you're, if you're, even a great dress, I mean, if it fits, 
it fits. Now we might have to tweak it. We might have to hem it and, and all of those good things. But if you put it on and it just works, you know. If you have to, you know, keep adding or, or, or taking away, sometimes that all of that can be too much and you re- end up remaking a dress that isn't actually right for you at all, you know. So um, being aware, listening to those voices. Now, you know, again, that can can get tricky, but often that's how we we work with our clients, making sure if they pause, then we pause. Now, if we need to push back and say, listen, I know it feels different, but you look incredible, and let me show you how to mix and match this five different ways so you'll you'll know how to utilize it. And then the more they keep putting it on, generally they're, they'll say, okay, I get it, I love it, you're right. It's just different for me, but I, I now that I'm seeing it, I feel really confident in this. But if it makes you pause, again, listen to that quiet voice in your head. It's like anything. Don't be afraid to know that might just that might not be right for me. And when you're working with men and women and or non-gender specific clients, are there unique challenges? Do you feel specific for different genders? I mean, you just think about women and the shoes that women wear versus the shoes that men wear. Um, are there challenges other than that that you think men do men have it easier than women? Um, I think men definitely have it easier in dress than um, women do, for sure, because they they know their uniform, right? Like they they kind of once they have it down, they know it either will be a sport coat with a gray you know shirt and pants, or they can wear denim and a sneaker and a sport coat, whatever it may be. But once they have that, that formula, they know that one plus one equals two, right? Like that it's pretty, once we have that fit down, we know what, how, how to go back and forth and mix the match. Um, the most difficult for a man often is just mixing a print, you know, mixing a print shirt with a print tie. That can be, that definitely can be a challenge. Um, but for women, one plus one doesn't always equal two, you know, um, there, there are all these rules, and it's because women have uh, a lot of varying body shapes. You know, we are all built so differently with uh, busts and hips and middles. Are we tall? Are we short? And that um, can really, you know, get in our minds as to what we should be wearing. We uh, so often, and we say this all the time, our moms, whether we mean to do it or not, shape us so much. We hear rules in our minds, and often I hear this more with my older clientele that will say, my mom always told me I can't wear blue, and she might be 70 now, but I, you know, I'm looking at her thinking, why can't you wear blue? You know, she has beautiful blue eyes, she has this beautiful silver hair, you know, it's like, uh, well, maybe a, a shade of blue you can't wear, um, but you absolutely can do blue, and here she hasn't done blue in, you know, 30 years, because she could hear her mom saying to her, you don't look great in blue. Well, and there's so um, many choices for women, too, right? It's not just which kind of slacks am I going to wear, and am I going to wear a T-shirt or a button-down? Am I going to wear a skirt? Am I going to wear a dress? Am I going to wear sleeves? Am I going to wear no sleeves? Right. Am I going to wear high shoes? Am I going to wear flats? Am I going to wear platforms? Am I going to wear, uh, you know, a skirt? Right. And a, like, there's just so many choices. Right. So it's definitely, I think ladies definitely have more of a challenge. And, again, a whole other conversation, but with all of the um, women is so subconscious of her neckline in the workforce. I hear that so often. You know, I'm afraid that it's too low, and it's like, okay, you should feel confident. But I also respect that, and I understand if it feels too low, nobody wants to feel like they're wearing the wrong thing to the office where 
um, they're getting noted for all the wrong reasons. So, you know, it definitely, I just feel like there's so many rules and <laughs> regulations that ladies have to follow, and it can be tricky. And so do you and your team have some rules? Like, it, I, I remember the what not to wear gal. Like, I think there were no mini skirts after 30 or something, which seemed pretty harsh. I have a friend <laughs> I just saw last night. She's 52, and I'm, her legs looked good in her short shorts. Yeah. I, you know, there's something, yeah, we, those rules are meant to be broken. I mean, in a lot of respects, and I say that, but I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, but yeah, we, uh, we have petite women who are 5'1", and they're like, I just cannot find a Bermuda short. I know I'm 55, but I can't find a Bermuda short that doesn't make me look like I'm going to the golf course. So how do I do that? And if there's a great mid-length um, short and they feel confident, absolutely. We tell them to rock it, you know. I mean, that is part of our shape. So many rules. The white after Labor Day. No, white can be worn after Labor Day. Absolutely. That rule is long gone. Um, so we we have rules, um, but they're, you know, specific to each person and their lifestyle and their and their shape. So, you know, yes, we have the rule. We, we are con- um, aware and conscious of, uh, neckline being too risque for the office, and we understand that. You know, we make sure to say this is probably not something you're going to wear to the office, but you might wear after five with a great blazer and a pair of skinny denim. So, but they're specific to that person and where they're going on their daily lives. So for those of us that need help, either cleaning out the closet or or we maybe have a bunch of clothes and we, we need help putting finding that there are actually way more outfits in there than we realized, um, men and women, how do they find a stylist? Can people work with you and your team if they are not in your neighborhood? Absolutely. What are the first we steps? We work with people all, all over. You know, the first step is really reaching out and identifying, um, talking, you know, if you have a stylist in your area or if you contact our team, understanding what you're looking for. You know, are you looking to, you know, do some shopping and creating a wardrobe? Do you feel confident with your shopping and you're hoping to really maximize the pieces? Um, Are you using this uh, as a way to ease your everyday stresses of putting on clothing? Thinking of what is purpose behind needing the stylist is so helpful for us so we know how to really work with you and and move ahead. Um, But really reaching out and following. I encourage anyone to follow if they have a stylist in their area to look, you know, do some research on the company to make sure that they're versatile and uh, working with a variety of shapes and sizes and ages um, is very important for people to understand relativity is king in our business. You know, we have to make sure we understand what that person is looking for when choosing their their outfits and making sure we, we really un- know what they're they're asking for. So doing the, the homework behind the brand is important. And then reaching out, you know, and talking, um, whether it be with our team or a team local, um, to see what can I do, what are my first steps of getting this done. For us, it's a client questionnaire and, and getting to know you a little bit better as to where you're currently shopping, what are your shopping habits, um, what do you feel comfortable wearing, Who, you know, tell us some people that you're following that are inspirational to you. Um, and then going from there and making sure that, that that stylist is understanding what you're asking for. Okay, I love the applicability of those steps to any area of your life, not just your clothing. 
but any area that maybe you're not happy with or you'd like to be a little happier with, um, you know, right. really doing understanding what is it that you want to change, where are you now, doing your research, finding some support, reaching out, having clear goals. It's so good. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so good. Okay, well, Elizabeth, yeah. thank you so much um, for joining us today on That Got Me Thinking. And your company is Wardrobe Therapy. You guys are online. People can find you and uh, and connect either, I'm guessing, by email, phone, or? Email, phone. We're on um, Instagram, Facebook. So anyway, wardrobetherapyllc.com. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Such a pleasure. I'm going to go look at my closet. Thank you, Allie. Okay. Bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.